church scripture reading today is taken from Exodus chapter 8, verse 1, and verse 25 to 28. Reading from chapter 8, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Verse 25. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, as he commands us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. This is the word of God. Church can invite you to rise. The gospel reading for this evening can be found in the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, beginning at the 33rd verse. Glory to Christ, our Savior. Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, reading from verses 33 to verse 37. And Jesus said, Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Verse 37, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Shall we bow our heads as we come to the Lord in prayer? So gracious and blessed Father, we thank you once again for your word that is freely available for us, that your word is indeed living and active, and we pray that this evening, that Father, your word will continue to pierce into the divisions of our soul and spirit, The Lord, you will discern our thoughts and our intentions of the heart, that what we hear and receive, Father, we will continue to just receive it with joy, receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, will you please be seated? Now, today's sermon is simply entitled, No Compromise. And the focus really is on the, primarily on the four promise, rather four compromise offered by Pharaoh to Moses and to the people of Israel in response to God's instruction as recorded in these two chapters in Exodus chapter 8 and 10. And in case you aren't aware, realize that this word compromise does not appear anywhere in our Bible. However, you find that this word compromise is a term that is commonly used in the political arena, and especially in the settling of labor disputes. 
So for example, when employees of a company demand more pay from its employer, what happens is that an arbitrator will be called in to bargain with both sides, seeking a compromise to settle the issue. Neither party may not necessarily get what they want, but under such circumstances, it is a solution that might seem to be a win-win situation. Thus, compromise can be understood simply as this. It is a settlement of a dispute in which each side concedes. It involves conceding, giving concession, as well as a, as well as a sacrifice of certain principles. There is that willingness to want to give and take in order to negotiate for a deal, as seen in the above example of a labor strike. And so under this definition, the question then for us is this, can therefore the church of God, can all of us as Christians practice compromise in our religion? Can we compromise in our relationship with God? Can we compromise with the world? Can we compromise with sin? As people belonging to God, are we allowed to compromise our beliefs and principles? I think the answer we all know is a resounding no. And although we know that we should not subscribe to this practice, we do see some examples of compromise within the church. And some of these are harmless compromise, as they have no dire consequence. For instance, we have like in churches in the different denominations, we compromise in our various doctrines. Some of us, we do hold on to infant baptism, like us in the Anglicans, you know, but others believe that, no, you know, we don't believe in England, we don't believe in infant baptism, we believe in adult baptism. These are certain doctrines that we vary, but it, it's, it doesn't give us any dire consequence at all. However, there are some compromises that are devastating as a result. And this is where when Christians begin to start compromising with sin and the world. So to be clear, any compromise that is involved a partial surrendering of our stance to another party, and in our case, to Satan and his cohorts, then it is very obvious that this should be avoided at all costs. Why? Because the consequence in the end will be great as revealed in the following episodes from the Bible. And you find that, you know, the Israelites, before they possessed the promised land, they were instructed very clearly by God to annihilate the inhabitants in the land of Canaan, the promised land that God was going to give to them. The instruction to them was to totally annihilate all the people within that land. However, if you know the story of Israel history, you find that they failed to do so, resulting in them, in, in, resulting in those people that they did not kill, becoming a snare and a trap for the people of Israel in the future. Also, you read in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3, where King Saul was mandated by Lord, by God, to totally destroy the city of Amalek, which includes men, women, children, and even the livestock. But we find that Saul himself, he too compromised. And when he was discovered by his failure, he even claimed he had the audacity to say that he was saving the best for a sacrifice unto God. And for his compromising deed, Saul, as we know, was severely reprimanded 
and his kingdom was taken away from him. So make no mistake, any and all ungodly compromise will result in grave consequence. God's will must always be obeyed to the fullest. And this evening, we will see in our passage today how Moses didn't compromise with Pharaoh on God's word, but he obeyed what God commanded completely. And for this, we need to refer back to the initial face-off between the two men. In Exodus chapter 5, verse 3, you find this, this is the first incident where Moses confronted Pharaoh. And in this confrontation, in this meeting, we find God giving the command to Pharaoh, uh, uh, God giving the, this command to Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. To allow the people of Israel to go on a three days journey into the wilderness so that they can sacrifice to the Lord our God. And then in our reading today, as Stephanie has read for us, in verse 1 of Exodus chapter 8, Pharaoh was yet reminded again to let my people go so that they may serve me. So based on this instruction given, the Israelites were simply to depart Israel on a three days journey to worship the Lord. Now, some of you may be wondering, why three days? Truth of the matter, the number of days is not really the, the, the real issue. It could have well been more than three days. It could be four days, five days. But the significance as noted by commentators lies in the fact that this moving out of Israel for three days is a separation from Egypt. And this was a necessary act. Why? Because it is an act of separation for the Jews from what is ungodly or what is worldly. And so you find that not surprisingly, Pharaoh responded to this request in verse 25. He replied back to Moses, Go, sacrifice to your God within the land. Pharaoh's response to Moses was, go, sacrifice to your God within the land. Now, you think about it, Pharaoh's answer seems acceptable, isn't it? After all, Pharaoh said, you know, you can go and sacrifice to God. But if you listen carefully, it, this, this compromise of Pharaoh, this response of Pharaoh is only a partial fulfillment to the will of God. Yes, he allowed the Jews to offer sacrifice to God, but not to proceed on a three days journey. Instead, he told them, you can sacrifice to God, but you do it right here in Egypt. This, you can say, was a very cunning compromise. Why? You see, for the Jewish people to have offered sheep and goats in Egypt as a sacrifice, this would have been an abomination to the Egyptians, as all these animals that the Jews are going to sacrifice are sacred animals in the sight of the Egyptian. And when the, when the Israelites does this sacrifice, you find that it might even result in a great riot. And this is rightly pointed out by Moses in verse 26. He told Pharaoh, it would not be right to do so, for the offerings we shall sacrifice to the Lord our God are an abomination to the Egyptian. He continues to say that if we 
sacrifice offerings, abomination to the Egyptian before the eyes, will they not stone us? So you see how cunning Pharaoh was? He says, yes, you can sacrifice, but you do it not in a three days journey, but within here in Egypt. And if the Israelites were to take up this compromise, they would be stoned to death. But there's another reason why this compromise is dangerous and Moses didn't accept it. You see, if Moses had accepted this compromise, the sacrifice that they would have done in Egypt, the Israelites themselves might perhaps see that there's no difference between themselves and the Egyptian master. They may concur that both religions are the same, that the aims and objectives are identical that there's no separation from what is godly and, un and, and ungodly. And so the first application for us is simply this, that as we look at this first compromise that Pharaoh had thrown to Moses and the people of Israel, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we aware of this danger of compromising with our faith with the world? Sadly to say, there are many Christians today who prefer a compromise in this matter. They claim that a little bit of religion, you know, mixed with the world, it's a small issue. It's okay, you know, it's all right. After all, they argue that we are living in this world. So there's no harm. It's all right to mix a little bit of religion with the world. But you know, when we do this, this only makes the devil extremely pleased. Why? Because he will approve of this watered-down religion that we will be practicing. And know that today God is issuing this very same order that he gave to the people of Israel to separate ourselves from the world. We are not to compromise, but we are to go as far as possible from the world and from sin. So that's the first compromise. We find now that credit to Moses, he was alert enough to see through Pharaoh's ploy. And what followed next was that he insisted on the three days journey. In verse 27, he says, no, we must go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he tells us. Now this time, realize that Pharaoh now responded by saying to Moses this in verse 28. He says, I will let you go. I will let you go to sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you must not go very far away. So you see, he says, okay, I give in to you. I give in a little bit. Okay, you want to go and sacrifice, you can sacrifice. You want to go on a treaty journey, I let you go a little bit further. But don't go very far. Stay within the border. Instead of a three days journey, go near the border. There's no need for you to go outside of Egypt. Again, you may find that this suggestion may appear to, to sound good. It may appear to sound acceptable as the Jews will be separated from the Egyptian. But listen. A compromise is still a compromise, isn't it? A compromise is not a full obedience to the Word of God. The real intention of Pharaoh's bargaining was really to keep an eye on God's people. He was afraid that once the Israelites were outside the land, 
they might plan for an escape. And so by keeping them close to the border, Pharaoh would, could be able to master his forces and to bring them back if there was any attempt from the Jews to flee away. So the second application for us then is this. Once we have followed Christ as our Lord and Savior, church, there must be no returning back to our old ways and lifestyle. We cannot be borderline Christians. Satan is very pleased if you are a borderline Christian. When you put one foot in the world and you still claim to be a Christian, what we need to do is we need to burn all the bridges of the past and we must never compromise to return back to the world. You know, last week, <coughs> I mentioned to you the seven churches in Revelation, but I highlighted the church of Ephesus, where this church, because they have lost their first love, God says that they will remove them from their lampstand. Today, I want to focus I want to turn our attention to the church in Laodicea. And if you read in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 to 16, Jesus described this church as borderline believers. Why? Because Jesus says that this church in Laodicea, the Christians there, they are lukewarm. They are neither hot nor cold. And because they are neither hot nor cold, because they are lukewarm, they are borderline Christians, listen to what Jesus' response is to them. He says in verse 16, I will spit you out from my mouth. In other words, like the Ephesian church, the church in Laodicea will be rejected because they are, they, because they have compromised and because they are lukewarm because they are borderline believers. We fast forward now to Exodus chapter 10, and we come now to this third compromise of Pharaoh. And so with this, can I ask you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 10? We're going to read a short passage from verses 7 to verse 11. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the man go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet understand that Egypt is ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But which ones are to go? Moses says, We will go with our young and our old. We will go with our sons and daughters, and with our flocks and herds, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Verse 10, but Pharaoh said to them, The Lord be with you, if ever I let you and your little ones go. Look, you have some evil purpose in mind. Verse 11, no, go, the man among you, and serve the Lord, for that is what you are thinking. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. You see, before the arrival of the eighth plague, which was the locusts ravaging the entire land, we find here in this text, Moses and Aaron approaching Pharaoh once more to release, to negotiate the release of God's people. And this time, we find Pharaoh putting forth this compromise. He tells Moses and, 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 and Aaron in verse 11, you can go and offer your sacrifice, but only the men can go. 
only the man can go and serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but I think we can agree that this Pharaoh is kind of a very smart and crafty king. He knew that, you know, by making this compromise, that if I let the man go and sacrifice, ultimately, they would need to return back from the three days' journey from the wilderness. Why? Because they will have to return back to their wives and to the families who they have left behind. Clever, isn't it? He let them go. You want to go, you go. But you cannot, you only go alone. You cannot bring your wife, you cannot bring your family. You leave them behind, but you don't go and offer the sacrifice. So we find here that the third implication of this subtle compromise is really addressed to all parents here today. Parents, do you serve the Lord but not include or involve your children? You know, I know of some who readily serve the God in ministries, and yet when it comes to their children, they restrict them to serve. And especially when their children want to go into the mission field, or when sometimes the parents, when the children want to go into full-time capacity, they hold their children back. Men in the wilderness worshiping God, but their family members remain back in Egypt. What an anomaly. So beware of this compromise of excluding others. When we serve, bring the whole family along. You see, Moses insisted in this command that everyone must go, male, female, young, and old. And if you realize, Joshua's final words to the Israelites was this. He says that he didn't say to the people that I alone will serve the Lord. But what he said in Joshua 24, verse 15, he declared to the whole congregation, he says, that, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So don't exclude your family members. Everyone must be included, the young and the old, none must be left out. Now, I'm not sure about you, but after nine plagues, and having Pharaoh compromising on God's command three times, would Moses have been weary? Would he have been worn out? And if you are in Moses' shoe, would you have given in? Perhaps Pharaoh would have hoped so. And if not, you find that maybe this fourth and final one will clinch it for him. If you look with me to Exodus chapter 10, verse 24, summoning Moses into his presence once again, he told Moses this, Go serve the Lord. Your little ones may also go with you, but only let your flocks and your herds remain. Sounds better and better, isn't it? Yeah? Firstly, you say you cannot go out of Egypt. Then he let them go out of Egypt. Then he says only the men can go. Now he says, okay, everybody can go. But, <laughs> there's always the but, but your flocks and your herds must remain behind. If you think about this, has Pharaoh finally admitted defeat? <clears throat> finally, everyone is permitted to go to the three days journey, to the very spot where God wanted them to worship? Would Moses at long last accept this generous offer? Well, you find, if you look in verse 26 of chapter 10, Moses refused flatly and he 
insisted that the livestock must accompany them. He says that not a hoof shall be left behind. You see, the simple reason for rejecting this offer is simply because it still represents an incomplete obedience. Remember, as long as the obedience is partial or incomplete, it is a compromise. But more logically, if you think about this, it wouldn't make sense at all, isn't it? Why go into the desert, in the wilderness, on a three-day journey to offer sacrifice when there's no animal to sacrifice? So Moses flatly refused. The story was told of a man about to be baptized and realized that his wallet was still in his trousers pocket and not wanting it to be wet, he removed it, leave it to his friend and saying, please hold this for me. This wallet has nothing to do with my baptism. Upon hearing these words, the pastor replied, I either baptize you with the wallet or not at all. You see, church, there's one area in our life that we cannot, comprom- that we cannot compromise, to, we cannot allow compromise to occur in our lives. And it is in our possession, in our time, our life, and especially in our tithes to God. Do we hold and compromise by holding these things back? In our Christian journey, there can be no compromise, there can be no bargaining with God. Either God is Lord of all, or He is not Lord at all. God's Word is to be obeyed fully. Yet, you find that Satan, as he was in the beginning of creation, is always attempting to get us to compromise as he did with Eve. You can read the story in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. And here in Exodus chapter 8 and 10, you find that using Pharaoh, Satan's tactics still remain the same. He sought to compromise God's word. He sought to keep Israel in the land. When that failed, he sought to keep Israel near the land. When that failed, he sought to divide Israel. And when that failed, he sought to send them forth empty-handed. <laughs> At any of this time, Moses could have compromised, and if he did, he would have failed. But Moses rejected. He refused to accept all the four compromises. He held up for 100% obedience to God's Word. So can a Christian compromise in our beliefs? <clears throat> the answer is a resounding no. There can be no giving in to the devil. So today as we close, as I'm going to invite Turchi and the team to come up, let's make a declaration today that truly in our life that as we claim to be Christians, as we follow the straight and the narrow, <laughs> let us not compromise in our belief, let us not compromise in our attitude, but let us wholly and fully declare that we will follow Jesus and Jesus only. Let us pray. (laughs) Father, this evening we thank you for reminding us again in your word that there can be no compromise in our relationship with you. There can be no compromise in our walk with you. Thank you for reminding us that the devil is always there to cause us to want to compromise 
with our religion, with our faith, together with world and with sin. Father, I just pray that as we hear the words being shared this evening, Lord, may you challenge us, may you help us to stand firm, to say no to the devil, that truly we will walk in the straight and narrow, glorifying your name. So this evening as we come before you, <laughs> that as we close this time of sharing, Lord, help us to stand as we make this declaration that we will follow you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand as Turchi leads us in this response song? Let's respond to this song. Two. 